Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Around the Emirates podcast with Sarah Musa, where I speak to guests from across the UAE about topics you want to hear about. Today, I am joined by special guest Saha Al Busedi. Hi, Saha. Hi, Sarah. I love the jazz hands. <laughs> jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> so speaking of jazz, um, Salha is actually a very talented singer and the author of the book, The End of Summer. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Quick plug. She's prepared. She's prepared. <laughs> I'm prepared. I've got everything around me. <laughs> I'm so, so happy to have you here, Salha. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for asking me. I really appreciate it. Thank of you. Of course. Of course. So Please tell me your story. Firstly, what is the singing gig? And then what is the book gig? So the singing gig, so I've always wanted to sing ever since I could make noise. I've been singing and dancing, doing my parents nut in. And then I went to boarding school and everybody's like, oh God, here she comes. I'd be singing down the corridor. So I always wanted to sing. Um, I had no idea how to get into it. And then um, I moved to Oman just by accident and ended up meeting some musicians and I had a broken heart at the time. So jazz really spoke to me. Um, and I had all these insecurities, obviously, you know, you all would be all do, but because I had my broken heart, I didn't care. And I just wanted to sing and I just sang my heart out. And then I realized, actually, I gave up my day job. I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to do this for a living. Wow. So yeah, much to my parents' chagrin, I quit my day job. <laughs> and started singing and then moved to Dubai. So I was there for almost 20 years. I started off in a small jazz bar at the Crown Plaza on Sheikh Zayed Road, the piano bar, and um, moved to Beirut, sang there for a little while, and then came back and went freelance. So I got my band, Million Dollar Band, in 2005, and we just went from strength to strength. Alhamdulillah, we played like huge we played the rugby sevens I remember that was like one of my no favorite way. games yeah you know that song and I said hey yay. you know I said I said your turn and <laughs> and they all sang and it was like this wall of sound that came at me they all like repeated after me and I sat down on my monitor and I was like almost near tears it was amazing so yeah I traveled the world with the band and then COVID so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like literally went um from like a full schedule to all of my gigs getting cancelled in March all of them getting cancelled cancelled all these huge gigs that we used to do so actually it was kind of fun my husband and I didn't see each other much because he is a photographer I'm a singer during the season we're so busy so we were having a ball we were like not allowed to go out this is awesome <laughs> and then an idea that it <laughs> sorry I it said no one ever honestly said no one ever continue I think we might be a bit weird <laughs> so then yeah then I started putting my book together because okay. we were you know sitting, so so this nothing. is like the last couple of years this is like this is during yeah. the pandemic is when you started writing your book okay yeah um and what yeah. gave you the inspiration to write this book so uh, it's a little bit sad. My nephew died. And the funny thing is, when we decided to do this today, today is the anniversary of his death. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. It was kind of, I honestly, I think that he would be loving all of this. I think he would be getting such a kick out of all of this. Yeah, I know. He was hilarious, sweet, what was sarcastic, name? artistic. Yarub. Yarub, gotcha. Yarub, okay. yes. In memory yeah. of you, Yarub. Continue. So he he died 11 years ago today. Um, he was only 24. 
And the way that my niece described finding him uh, is that he was locked in his bathroom. He was sitting on the floor uh, with a cigarette in his hand and the whole thing was ash. So he'd lit it, put his hand down and obviously breathed his last breath. Mm. And she was the one who found him. She'd got a, a coin and opened the door from the outside and found him there. Oh, wow. And this has stuck with me. I mean, that's a kind of story that really sticks with you, right? And it had been with me for years, just like feeling so bad for her. And and because his funeral, it's funny because when I talk about it, a lot of people really resonate with this. At his funeral, we laughed a lot <laughs> because he was hilarious. And we were all telling stories about him, funny mm. stories about him. And we were just giggling and laughing. And I swear, I felt like he was there with us. I felt like he was enjoying the, the jokes. But also I was keep thinking like, if he's there, then he must be scared as well. You know, Islam, we believe heaven and hell and punishment and rewards and so over the years, it just kept occurring to me, you know, like, how, how was he feeling? Was he worried that we'd be sad? Was he terrified of what was going to happen next? So I kept wondering what happens to the soul. Islamically, I did my research. And, uh, so anyway, started coming to, this whole story started coming together about a soul that was watching people mourning. But I made it a girl, and I made the circumstances different, and I made the family a little bit different. Um, and honestly, Allah, I just suddenly came up with 80,000 words and s suddenly I had a book yeah wow. and and because I, I didn't know what I was going to do or how I was going to resolve the whole story and I got to the end and I was like I like that I think that's good <laughs> <laughs> nice. so I started looking for a publisher and got one and here it is there's the book Fantastic. I'm just going to applaud you right here, right now. For that. that's, that's incredible that you use something. It's almost like you found closure in, in your, in the passing of your nephew, to being able to tell his story in a different light, but also remembering his, you know, his, his funny memories and honoring him in a, in a special way. Um, yes. So that was a very touching story. Firstly, thank you so much for taking me through that. That's, you know, something that is, it's, it's important for us to be able to like talk about these um, tragic events that happened to us and to help people understand yes. that it's okay to talk about it. And that's how it helps you to uh, move on from, from, from the feelings at the time. So my next question is, what would you say has been your biggest obstacle and how have you overcome it? Um, let's see, for this book, Everything flowed. It was fine. There was no writer's block. I just started oh. tippy tapping. Yeah, it was awesome. kind of weird. Tippy yeah, tippy tapping. That's what husband, that. husband calls it. <laughs> tippy tapping, <laughs> and it just—I um, didn't know how. Like I said, didn't know how I was going to resolve it. What was going to happen to her? Yeah. Um, and it just kind of appeared. And because everybody's like, "Oh, I really liked it. It was hilarious. It was sad. We can't wait for the next one." And now I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Number two. <laughs> oh no, we're going to have to come up with something. So um, I think that's probably going to be an obstacle. Obviously, for this one, there are a lot of topics um, that are a little bit taboo. Um, I found out, I didn't realize that there was a drug problem amongst youth in, uh, in the GCC. Mm -hmm. Can I say that? You can say um, that, that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize until, you know, my nephew and, and his sort of age group were sort of telling me the kind of drugs that you can get. I was 
shocked. Mm. Um, and I thought it would be good for us because at one point the 18 people died in Oman from a heroin overdose. And I wanted to talk about that because we need to, uh, if we if we don't talk about it, we can't solve it, right? So I, I felt like we needed to discuss it. Uh, there's also a couple of, uh, you know, I talk about patriarchy. I talk about Islam, uh, which I'm a big fan, by the way. I'm a huge fan. Um, but I do find that there are hypocrisies. There are intergenerational uh, trauma and cultural things that we can't talk to our parents about. And they, you know, do as I say, not as I do, which is um, a petri dish for abuse and so I, I, I'm sort of like lifting up the lid and going, everybody, check it out. We all need to talk about it. And the UAE Council, they took several months to approve my book. So that was quite a big obstacle for me. I, every day was like, have they approved it yet? No, no. They, and I thought it was, oh, because it's Ramadan and, oh, there's this public holiday. It was just because they had a lot of problems. The, the ladies there said, look, we know that this happens. We know that this is a problem in our culture, but we can't talk about it. I'm like, but you know it is, so we need to talk about it. Oh, I think we're at the point now between baby boomers, Gen X, and millennium Gen Z of where we're going to have to talk about things because mm-hmm. um, these things will come out. We can't keep sweeping it under the rug, otherwise we're going to trip over it eventually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a bit of an obstacle, the fact that they didn't, they thought that Oman would not like what I'd written. And so I'm still waiting for reactions to come out of Oman. <laughs> Let's hope they don't through this episode. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's interesting. I mean, and one of my previous guests, uh, he was a recovering uh, addict in general, like across um, alcohol, oh. drugs and everything. And he's a, he's a life coach who helps people work in their journey for recovery. So it is definitely a topic that is becoming more um, uh, more frequent in our society today. Um, but I guess um, one thing that is you know important for me on this podcast is to be able to raise awareness for things. Obviously, we can't go into too many details, but it's important to know that you know if people out there do need help, if people out there are uh, you know using different uh, sources of um, let's say happiness or, or trying to achieve happiness or trying to achieve um, pleasure in a different way, that there is help out there if they need it. Um, yes, I think that I, I was um, what I was trying to uh, point in in my book was that it's not trying to achieve happiness. It's trying to dull a sadness, trying to yeah. escape a trauma, trying to um, yeah, tr- trying to dull it rather than to to find a happiness somewhere else. And because we cannot communicate with our elders uh, and we can't express ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, I talk about cutting as well. Um, not that I know anybody who has, but I started thinking about the philosophy behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why people do it and why people dull themselves with, with, um, alcohol or escape with drugs. Right. And, uh, that's, that's really my hope that, uh, that we will start figuring out why people go into that stuff rather than punishing them for doing it. You know, we need connection. I don't know if you know the little, the, the, the two rats, uh, the experiment with two rats. So one, they, one is just pure water and one is um, laced with heroin. Mm-hmm. And with just a box, the rats always go to the heroin. But mm. when it's like 
playthings and toys and food and other rats and they they never go to the heroin one they always go right. to just the plain water because they have connection and they have mm. um things to do and 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 other rats to to communicate with but when you feel disconnected and you have nothing else then you go for what just something that can give you anything you know mm. wow that's that's a very interesting way to put it um I've definitely learned a lot just hearing you talk about this. And I would love to know, where is your book available? Where can people get it? Thank you, Sarah. Yes. Okay. So I know it's in Kino Kinuya. I want to say that right. In Dubai Mall. Sure you did. <laughs> uh, it's also in Magrudi's and Virgin. Um, the My... Um, my publisher is called the Dreamwork Collective, so you can also okay. get it on their their website, the Dreamwork Collective, and awesome. it's also on Amazon. You can get it Kindle, you can get it Audible, you can get it on Amazon AE. Oh, nice. They like deliver the next day. Yeah, they're awesome. Nice. They were the best ones in the world. Amazon.ae, like in England, they were waiting for a couple of weeks. In, oh uh, wow! In Dubai. Yeah, in Dubai they were delivering next day. The day it was um released because there were pre-orders the date was mm. released people were getting it at 9 a.m and like oh, sending wow. me pictures yeah it's such a nice feeling eh? yeah yeah awesome. <laughs> so um awesome. my one last question for you is what would be kind of as an author uh who's you know you've had your first book out you're your best start on your second one what would be your word of advice to listeners like what's one message you want them to take away from this episode uh okay one lesson do I only get one as, as many as you want <laughs> girl as many as you want <laughs> okay because I thought you were going to ask for people who want to start writing my advice is start writing just start you never know what's going to happen that day some beautiful miracle might come out of your tippy tapping um or it might be rubbish and that's what the delete button is for <laughs> um and uh just okay my I I want to connect so I want to say so many things with this but there's like a big spoiler and I can't but my big advice to everybody is read the book (laughs) it's uh it's for somebody that you know if it's not for you because it's a cross-cultural kind of thing she's very British like me she's very British but she's Zanzibari Armani so she's from two cultures that are actually diametrically opposed then mm. a lot of us are like that a lot of us are very modern but we have traditional parents or we right. feel very Muslim but we also feel like we want to do something mad like sing or something that's you know against what we've been taught some of us want to connect with our parents but we've been told you know don't answer back or you know do as I say no, so, 100%. Right? I mean, we're sort of at the cusp of this um, generational chasm. Like we kind of are going to fall in or we're going to make a bridge and we're going to be able to communicate with each other. And there's so many things when you are not allowed to communicate that just happen in the shadows. And we cannot allow that stuff to happen anymore. I'm a, I'm a feminist. I want, um, I want equality. I want equity. And like I say, I love my religion, but there are some things that we need to, you know, yeah, take away yeah. from those, uh, the, the the fossils. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. Um, I mean, I myself, like I was born in Saudi, raised between Canada, Saudi and the UAE. But, you know, by um, culturally, ethnically, I'm Egyptian, like my whole, my ancestry is Egyptian. So 
the English versus the Arabic versus are you Canadian? Are you Egyptian? No, but you've lived in the UAE most of your life. So totally, I think we can all relate. Where are you really from? This is like the thing, right? I'm English. (laughs) I'm British because I was born there. I'm living in Zanzibar now. My parents are from Zanzibar, but they don't even treat me like one because my Swahili is awful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When I go to Egypt, they say, you know, you're just pretending to be Egyptian, right? Like, why are you making fun of us? Like, stop trying to pretend to be Egyptian. I'm like, dude, wallah, I'm Egyptian, man. Oh, no, but, it's like, but the world is getting smaller because we are just all over the place, right? We are, we are, our tentacles have, have stretched. Um, and I think this is going to start becoming the new norm. Yeah, no, no, for but sure. It I is, think it's, we can't look back now. Exactly. But this is kind of for people like us who are still trying to figure out which parts of this culture we like, which parts of this place we don't attached to resonate with you know and then eventually we can just pick and choose we don't have to be one or the other we can you know we can be a little bit of a melting pot I think and it's awesome that you cover all these topics in your book uh so excited to read about it like whether it's you know from religious situations to like you said um you know uh mental health so to speak you know with self-harm and such and plus talking about the cultural differences I think it would resonate with a lot of people in a lot of different ways so Everybody yeah. pick up the your copy of the book through Amazon, got it at Kindle, got it audio or Audible, sorry, Audible right there. Uh, but uh, thank you so much, uh, Salha, for taking the time to speak to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, it's really been nice. Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Take care, guys. Bye.